0: Thank you. Thank you. Welcome to the Last Line Soccer Podcast presented to you by Prime Focus Goalkeeping and the Beautiful Game Network. We want to take some time real quick to thank our sponsors for everything they do for us. Prime Focus Goalkeeping is a brand dedicated to bringing goalkeepers of all ages, top quality gloves and apparel, as well as educational goalkeeping content via our social media pages at Prime Focus GK and YouTube channel, the Prime Focus Goalkeeping channel, as well as plenty of interviews on our blog, which you can check out on our website at www.primefocusgoalkeeping.com. We also need to thank the Beautiful Game Network for giving us a platform to reach more soccer fans and talk with more great soccer minds. Check out the website, www.bgn.fm, for more great podcasts and written content. So without further ado, let's get this episode going. Welcome back to the latest episode of the Last Line Soccer Podcast. Really excited for our episode today. We've got a very special guest. I know it's going to be a great episode. Uh- just basing it off of a lot of the conversations we've had over the last couple months, weekly, just going back and forth on things, I'm really excited for you guys to hear his perspective. So, without more of my talking, I want to get you guys introduced to our latest guest. He, You may have seen him at the NCAA College Cup Men's Final Four back in December. He is none other than Wake Forest starting goalkeeper, Andrew Pandenberg. Welcome to the podcast, my man. What's up, Brandon? Thanks for having me. No problem. I'm really excited for, for our listeners to get your perspective on a lot of things today. I think you got a, a lot going on and a lot um, in terms of soccer and mentally that you can transfer over to, to our listeners and hopefully they can take a lot from that. So first, I want to start off. We're definitely going to get into your background. We're going to get into a lot of stuff today. But first, we got to start off. Um, your nickname, Petey, where did that come from? <laughs>
1: uh, oh my gosh. So that's kind of been in the soccer community here, not not too big, but um, when I was younger, my goalkeeper coach was and, and still is Philip Poole, and uh, we would train in groups when I was younger, and there were two Andrews, and so he didn't like having two different people to call Andrew, so he had to find a nickname for someone, and since my last name is Pannenberg, he, uh, he called me Peter, like for Peter Pan and Bird. And then it's kind of turned into PD. And then ever since, a lot of people in the Charlotte soccer community call me PD. So,
0: yeah. Okay. I've always wondered. I came back to Charlotte in 2018, and I remember you were training with us at the Independence, uh, that summer. And everyone, like Joel, Joel Tyson, the goalkeeper coach at the time, kept calling you PD. My, Mike, uh, the head coach, would call you PD. Troy would call you PD. And so I was like, Where's this PD coming from? But I went with it, and now it's kind of stuck, and it's what I what I call you a lot of times, but I never knew it was from. So I appreciate the background, and I'm sure the listeners appreciate the background as well. So yeah. let's get moving. Uh, let's start out at the beginning. I want to start at the beginning. Let everybody know where you came from and how you've gotten to where you are. So let's talk Academy days. Um, what was the Development Academy like for you? Uh,
1: I mean, it was a great, great experience. I mean, going all the way from the U14 pre-academy into eventually 16s and 18s uh, which like now is 17s and 19s, I think. But no, I mean, it was it was a really I thought it was a, a great time just for a development perspective to play so many different teams and to have the opportunity to, to travel a little bit and build some, some good bonds with a, a lot of different guys uh, throughout the time but yeah I mean I think definitely growing up that was probably the time I, I grew the most because we're playing such high level competition and and had such high level training every day but yeah
0: so what was your recruiting process like I don't know if if the listeners heard it at the beginning, but you're the starting goalkeeper for Wake Forest Men's Soccer, top five program in the nation throughout the year, so you're at a high level Division One college. What was your recruiting process like to get you there? Were you always aimed at such a high level school, or were you looking all around?
1: Yeah. So um, actually, when I was younger, I uh, I'll take you back to when I was like about eight years old. I had a teammate, and his dad actually went to Wake Forest back in like 1980-something was when they graduated. But uh, they took us to a game. They drove us up to Winston-Salem for a game. This was back in 2007. It was the year they, they won the national championship. And so um, that was when I was first kind of introduced to Wake Forest soccer and how great of a culture and tradition they have of just having a great amount of fans and and watching such great soccer for, uh, for the college level. And we actually kind of kept coming up to some games that year and kept following. And I remember watching the national championship in my living room at home. And I was, I was really cool to see just in following all those guys. I was actually trained by uh, Brian Edwards who was the goalie at the time. And, and my parents got it set up so I could like do some training with him. But um yeah, so we kind of followed Wake that year, and then we kind of stopped following them. But going to the, the recruiting process, I would say it really started when I was about like a freshman or sophomore in high school. Freshman year is more just kind of emails and, and just kind of getting – Uh, A little bit of contact with coaches, but then sophomore year, I actually was invited to play in the academy select game, which was there's the big showcases every year for the academy. Well, I guess there's not anymore, but um, in Florida. And they would have this game called the select game where they would just pick some players and just put on one game where I guess some of the top players in the country would play. Um, in this one game at the Showcase, and I was lucky enough to have been selected to play in it. And uh, there were four goalies, so it was like two per team, and one played the first half, one played the second half, and I played the first half for my team, and I did really well. And um, there were a good bit of college coaches there, and I kind of got a little more exposure after that from like a standpoint of coaches reaching out to me. But then... About like a month or so later, I got invited to train with the U-17 national team, which I actually went twice to do that. But uh, that's when some doors kind of started opening a little bit more. And I went on visits visit to a couple different schools, and I wasn't really quite sure what I was really looking for and what I really wanted. But then um, around that time, I got uh, an email from Coach Muse at Wake and talking about they were interested and they wanted to give me on a visit. And I hadn't been awake since I was like eight years old back in 2007 or whatever. And um, so we went up and, and watched like a preseason game and and uh, met the coaches and everything and, and just being on campus again and getting to watch a game and just seeing all that, the, the culture and the tradition all come back was, was really incredible. And... Soon thereafter, I knew that Wake was where I wanted to go, and I had always wanted to play in the ACC. That had been a a big goal of mine, and going to Wake, I mean, I was looking at some other ACC schools, but when I actually got back to Wake and and saw everything again is what really made me want to go there.
0: All right. Well, we'll get back to your goals later. We'll have a good discussion on that. But uh, I want to talk about, you know, that transition. Do you feel like the Development Academy properly prepared you for the step up to, you know, a, such a high-level program uh, on a, where you're training at a high level with with great players on a consistent basis? Do you think that the Development Academy really set you up to, to take that next step to the level confidently? Yeah,
1: I think it did. Um, I, I would say the biggest thing that I think helped me was uh, I trained with the independents, like I said, for, for two summers going into college. So from my sophomore year to junior year and junior year to senior year, I trained with the independents. And honestly, I think that is what prepared me a little bit more just to be in that pro environment. And I mean, the first summer, first couple of weeks, first month or two is just a big shock of, you know, trying to get used to the, the pace of how they played and, and just even the, the culture and the standards that a lot of guys had, it was it was a bit of a transition for me. But the academy, I think, was, was definitely good. I think that was what really helped me more than anything.
0: Okay, so let's talk about your time at Wake. <coughs> so first year or two, how'd that go?
1: Yeah, so um, first year I played one game against uh and, and we won, which uh, it was actually an incredible game. But uh, one game freshman year and sophomore year, uh, I actually read sure that I didn't play at all.
0: Was that your decision or was that more like a, a mutual decision?
1: Um, I think that it was, it was more of a, a mutual decision. It was just that, you know, we had had a, a starting goalie at the time who was doing really well and um, we were doing really well as a team, so uh, coach just wanted to, to stick with that and It's just respect the decision and just keep working hard and focus on what you can do to help the team and and get better.
0: Yeah, so talk about that mental uh, aspect of that. You know, you've gone from being in the development academy where you're basically one of the best goalkeepers in the nation and now you've stepped into a, you know, a top ten, top five program and you've had to take kind of a back seat uh, and kind of bide your time. What was that like mentally? Yeah,
1: um... it's it's definitely tough, you know, to back at Academy, you know, you're playing two games a weekend and it's just a lot of games, but then going into college and and you're not playing any is a bit of a shock, but uh, I definitely say my freshman and sophomore years taught me some, some lessons that uh, have really helped to serve me when, when I have, you know, gotten my opportunity and when I have been able to play, I would say, some of those lessons being, you know, just being always ready for for your opportunity because you never know when it's going to come. And just a little example of that is that Clemson game my freshman year. I was just, I was working hard. I was doing well in training and the coaches were telling me, Hey, just keep it up, keep what you're doing. Um, Like you never know what's going to happen. And one morning, the, we we had training. It was the day before we played Clemson, and the starting goalie at the time, he had accidentally slept in. You know, we were, we were, we broke it down in the huddle, you know, we went off to, to do our goalie stuff. And we had four goalies at the time. And there were only three of us standing there. And our goalie coach was like, Where's, where's Andrew? Who was the, the goalie at the time. And we kind of looked around and we were just like, uh, I don't know. And about 20 minutes later, we saw him like walking up to the field because I guess he had overslept. But, uh, We have a big um, kind of standard at wake of, you know, if you miss practice really any day or you're late or something along those lines, you're not going to play. And so I kind of knew in that moment when he wasn't there that, hey, I mean, there's a good shot on my play the next day. And so uh, I just kind of mentally prepared that day. And the next day on game day, uh, Coach brought me in the office, and he told me that I was going to be starting that day. and you know, I, was, I was super excited, but I think it, it kind of shows that you seriously sure never know what's going to happen. You never know if someone's going to get hurt or you're going to just get your opportunity. But I think always being ready is a, is a big, big yeah, thing for, for being successful.
0: So we're a few years on from that now, so you can be honest with us. Did you turn his alarm clock off?
1: <laughs>
0: uh, no, no, no. Okay, all right. Nope. Well, you can tell me off air uh, the truth, yeah. but let's let's move on uh, a couple of years down the line now. So you those first couple of years, you had to sit and learn and bide your time and wait. And so, at what point did it become more of a competition? And what point in your mind did you kind of decide I'm going to take this role as opposed to kind of waiting for it to happen?
1: Yeah, I'd say. In, in my head, at least, I don't know, the coaches or anyone else's head, it was always a competition. I felt like I was always, you know, in my head, I was always better than the starter. And, but I mean, who knows if that was actually true. But, um, so I graduated early from high school and going into my freshman year, I played for the Charlotte Eagles in the summer for the PDL. And even then, too, I only played one game that summer and it was still that kind of, learning role on the bench and then the next summer I actually played for the Eagles again and I was splitting time with with another goalie and we actually had a pretty rough year, but that was I feel like more of me kind of taking the, the ownership and that last summer I had actually I wanted to go somewhere else. I knew I didn't want to be in Charlotte uh, play for the Eagles again, so I was kind of reaching out to some other PDL scenes I guess it's the USL league too now, but across the country. And I had a friend on my team who he played for the Michigan Bucks for like three years in a row. And I asked him if he could just reach out to their coaches and see uh, if they'd be interested in having me, me come up. And he talked to them and, and they were interested. And, and so I ultimately moved. So I, I think they were in like Detroit in the years past or something like – in that area, but this was the first year that they were moving to, to Flint, Michigan. And so I, um, I talked to them and, and we had set it up. And right after my spring in 2019, I, I went up to, to Flint and started playing with the box. And yeah, I, I was the starting goalie at the time. And, you know, we had a great, great summer. We actually won the, the national championship. And I think that was the, that, The time in that summer, you know, I'd really never lived on my own or been away for so long, but just that that time to be alone and to really work on my game and work on myself, I really think it helped me to kind of be ready for the fall and uh, ready to to take the opportunities that I had.
0: There's a couple of things in there I want to talk about. So we're not just going to sprint past the fact that you're a two-time what is now USL league Two national champion? What, what is that like in your mind? How, how do you think that that has affected the way your confidence has gone over the past, I'd say year or two?
1: Yeah, I would say, um, it definitely helped with confidence. I mean, freshman year it was, so I won 2017 that, I don't know if it gave me as much confidence because I played one game, but, um, it was still a great time. You know, I, I still built some friendships on that team that will uh, last forever and, and memories for sure that um, it is a, a great summer. But last year, playing a lot more and um, being really the guy, the starting guy on on the team, I think really helped me have the confidence going into preseason ready to, to, to take over and yeah, I and mean, honestly, it's it's more about the memories. There, there are some crazy things that happened this summer that I, I seriously will never forget. One thing was uh, we were in the playoffs in Des Moines, Iowa. We were playing the Des Moines Menace. And uh, it was uh, like 120th minute. We're down 3-2 in overtime. And in my head, I'm like, okay, I guess game's over. We're going back home. I guess I'm going to go back to school now. You know, this is like the round of 16 looking at, like, the whole country for USL League 2. So, I was like, oh, you know, we've had a good summer. And uh one of our midfielders is in our own half, and he sprays the ball across the field up into the in Des Moines half. And our other goalie on our team, Gustavo Vasconcelos, he's a goalkeeper at Florida Gulf Coast. He makes a run. He had gotten subbed on because uh, we had some guys get hurt or something and we needed another player. So goalie gets subbed on as a field player, makes her run off the field. One touches the, the, the ping that the guy hits across the field, shifts their goalie. We go three, three. We, uh, we tied it up and then we ultimately, another like the last kick of the game. We go to penalties, we win. And then three games later, we we're the next sub champion. So even that, it was, that was probably one of the craziest moments of my life, just seeing all that play out and how it actually led us to win the whole thing. But, yeah, the memories are, are everything.
0: I mean, that's got to be every goalkeeper's dream. I tell my uh, my teammates all the time, I'll give them 15 minutes on the field and I'll guarantee two shots on target, but I've got nothing else after that. So I would love to get the opportunity to go on the field for like five, ten minutes and just see what I'd be able to do. And scoring a goal has got to be an extremely extremely crazy high. But uh, there's another part of that I wanted to talk about. You, you talked about playing for the Eagles for a couple of years. You know, you're you're from Charlotte. Your family's here. This is kind of a comfortable environment for you. And so you, you know, you went out to Flint City all the way up in Michigan, a long way away. You're away from your home. You're away from Wake Forest. You're away from pretty much everybody. And now you've got to focus on basically soccer for the summer and, and you know, excelling at, in, at that level. So. What do you think that that has done to help you prepare for the next level, next level being professional soccer?
1: Yeah, I definitely think that when it comes to professional soccer, you know, there's going to be a lot of, I mean, knock on wood, who knows what's going to happen, but I know a lot of guys who do play professionally, it's it's a lot of unknowns and, and moving between teams and moving to different cities and, and just being very flexible. And, you know, I've been in Charlotte pretty much my whole life, other than, like, going to wake. And um, I thought that going to finish school would be a great opportunity to, you know, A, live on my own, which I had never done before, you know, when I come to the standpoint of, you know, cooking my own food all the time and taking care of all, everything around, like, an apartment or whatever. So that was all kind of new to me. But then also just the idea of, of being alone and not having family to be around all the time, which is also pretty new. I mean, even... At school, you have guys that you've known for, for, for three years now. That it, it feels pretty much like a family or something. So just going up to a new city, a new a new state, a new team. Um, it definitely was uh, a bit of a challenge, but I definitely think it has prepared me to, you know, live on my own um, if the opportunity of professional soccer does come. And um, yeah, just from the standpoint of on the field and and off the field.
0: Yeah, I think that's. Things like that are huge because um, we've talked about it before. You know, you there's so many unknowns in professional soccer. Like, you know, the even if for guys that are coming out of college, getting drafted into MLS, like you have no clue what city you're going to, no team would. Yeah, you're going to, you just know that you're going to go play professional soccer and you're going to be in a different environment. And so, if you can get that experience as much as you can th- throughout college, uh, going to different places and experiencing different environments and excelling in different environments, I think that it prepares you so much for that next level. Uh, and it'll be a much easier transition and you'll set yourself up for success a lot earlier if you can have that in your back pocket already. Um, so let's talk the the main the main portion of this interview that I want to I really want to get the listeners into is is your mindset now um, your attitude your your discipline your motivation now you know you're heading into your senior year wake um, amid obviously a huge pandemic right now so we're a little unsure of how things are going to go but you've got long term goals and. I feel like I've seen you grow over the past three, four years specifically, um, and uh, I feel like there's been a huge shift in your mentality. So I want to I wanna get the listeners a little insight into what was the change, uh, what really triggered the change, and then what the, the long-term goals are for you.
1: Yeah, so uh, first part of that question, how did it change? I would say uh,
0: during my sophomore year
1: at Wake, you know, I that was the year I redshirted. I wasn't playing. Um, I was I was really looking for different ways that I could improve myself. You know, definitely on the field, technically, and off the field as well. And so, actually, before that season even started, I had found I'd been getting into reading a little bit and um, some podcasts. And in that spring, I had actually found this podcast, some sports motivation podcast, and it's um. The, the host, his name is Ni Shobo, N-I-Y-I-S-O-B-O. And I found this podcast and I started listening to it, and everything he was saying completely resonated with me. It was like he was making the podcast specifically for me, like he was speaking right to me. And so, you know, I'd, I'd listened for a long time, and he talks about like coaching programs and you know, I'd I listened for a while, and I knew that I wanted to kind of set my game up and kind of dive a little bit deeper into the things that he was talking about. And so during the fall of my sophomore year, I began to work with him, like coaching online. And he, ever since, he has completely changed the game for me. So I worked with him. I probably started October of 2018, and I'm still working with him now. So summer of, of 2020 so a good over a year and a half now that I've been working with him and he's completely changed the game for me it's just from the standpoint of how I approach every day in training and how I set my goals and the mentality that I bring to everything that I do even if something as little as how I clean my room or how I keep my environment in check um, he's he's completely changed everything for me
0: so let's talk a little bit about that. Um, how do you approach, approach training every day? Like what what was the shift that really got you to take your game to a next level there?
1: Yes. Yeah, so when it comes to training, I feel like in the past I always kind of seen training as a, you know, just it's a, we have it every day for most every days, and it's just another just another day. But uh, the way he frames it is that training is just another it's, it's another way to see it as it's like game day right because exactly how you how you train is how you're going to play so every day now i, I see training as if it's, it's a game i don't i don't take it two um, i don't approach them very differently at all um so yeah i mean training is is something to to be taken very seriously every day because once the game comes and you've prepared yourself in that way the game shouldn't be any more intense than training was training was, should be harder so when the game does come around it's just another day it's just another time to to do what you've done all those other days Game shouldn't be a big jump for you oh it's game day i gotta do all these these things differently now Game should be what you've already been doing and it's just another day
0: you know i read a quote about a month ago um that perfectly illustrates what you're saying I forgot what book it was and I forgot who said it, but the quote was, you don't rise to the occasion, you fall to your training. And essentially, you don't—you can't turn it on on game day. You can't, uh, you know, Michael Jordan didn't uh, all of a sudden show up on game day and, you know, he was the best player in the world. He was the best player in the world because he stepped up in training every single day and he brought a level that, was higher than anyone else. And so when it went to a game, it was, I'm not gonna say it was easy, but it wasn't something that was surprising. Like anything that was thrown at him, he was prepared for. And so that's, I, I love that mentality because that's how I've been approaching training um, for the last few years is like, you can't be great consistently if you're only great sometimes in training. Like, I don't think you can have that level of consistency over, you know, I'm a. I play in the USL, 34 games in a season. I can't be good for 34 games in a season if I only practice at a high level 60% of the time. And so I looked back on, you know, how some of my seasons had gone, and I looked at my mentality and training, and I really was just like, you know what it's time to take it to another level because if you really want to be the great goalkeeper that you know you can be, you have to prove it day in and day out. So I love that mentality. I love that you've taken that approach at such a young age uh, before you even stepped into the professional level because once you get to the professional level, you're going to need that even more because the competition is even more cutthroat. So I applaud you for that, and I I think that's what's going to help you be even more successful at the next level.
1: Absolutely.
0: So let's talk a little bit more about uh, your goals. So you talked about goal setting and how that's helped you uh, to change your mentality and change your motivation. So what are some of those goals specifically?
1: Yeah. So um, the most soon goal would be uh, to win a national championship with Wake. Uh Since my time, we've been there. My freshman year, we made – to the quarterfinals, sophomore year, uh, Sweet 16, junior year, last year, semifinals, College Cups, and um, yeah. So the goal is definitely to win a national championship and to win everything else in the year, ACC tournament, uh, ACC regular season. Those are always our, our goals at Wake, and and I think national championship is is definitely the number one priority. So that's that's the number one goal, and then. You know, everything else that, that comes with it. I just want to work as hard as I can and hopefully play the first team All American, first team ACC. Um, I mean, the awards don't really mean as much to me as, as the team, uh, team success, but, you know, I, I definitely just want to work as hard as I can and then uh, see what comes of
0: it. So I know I talk to a lot of, especially younger, um, not just goalkeepers, but athletes in general and they seem to be afraid to set goals because they don't want to fail or they're afraid of not reaching them. So what are your thoughts? You say you want to win a national championship. Say you get to the Final Four again next year and, you know, unfortunately you lose. Do you see that as a failure in your eyes? Um, it's a good question. You know, uh, when it
1: comes to setting goals and and failure, um, I I I have the philosophy of always setting goals as high as you possibly can. Whenever you're setting goals, you should be in the mind frame of how big can I set this goal? Not putting any limits on yourself, not thinking about any of the obstacles in your way. I definitely think when when you're setting your goals, you just need to be in the mode of of being creative and thinking about what you truly want. And again, not thinking about what's going to stop you in your way because when it comes to, to these goals, when it, what really it comes down to at the end of the day is how much you've grown and, and how, like who you become as a result of going after these goals. So we look at setting the goal of winning a national championship, let's say, versus just uh, winning 10 games in the year or something like that. When we set the goal to win a national championship, we're gonna work a lot harder and we're gonna be we're gonna have a motivation that's a lot deeper than just winning ten games. You know? So when it comes to winning that national championship, we're gonna be thinking about all the different ways after that's a goal. We're gonna be thinking about all the different ways that we're gonna to need to improve and how good the team we're gonna to have to be to get there. So we're gonna actually have to work harder to get there as opposed to, you know, just winning ten games in a year. We're not going to be working as hard. We're not going to be thinking about all the ways that we have to get better to get there as well. So, you know, if we do make it to the final four again and losing the semi-final, it'll be obviously tough and maybe what we did fail reaching our goal. But at the end of the day, I definitely think goals come down to who you become as a result and how much you've grown. I've I've given this example before, but when you talk about setting goals, just from a, like a money perspective. If you say, Hey, this month I want to make $500 and you go out and you make $500, you're going to be, a lot of people would be happy. Oh yeah, I reached my goal. But then when it comes to say, I set the goal of making a thousand dollars and I only made $750. A lot, of, a lot of people would look at that and be, I'm a failure. I didn't, I didn't reach my goal. But if you look at the two situations, you actually made more money in the, in the second perspective. So Setting higher goals pushes you to actually to do more and become more of yourself, and that, that's how that's I see it.
0: Do you think you learned more from winning the national championship with Flint City in 2019 or losing in the semifinals of the College Cup?
1: You know, that's a, that's a really good question. And honestly, I would say they're both equal. I would say that I have learned a lot in both situations, from from wins and losses. I definitely think that both provided different lessons and different perspectives on on, uh, different situations, but I I honestly can't say that one was um, I learned more or less. I definitely think that they both taught me some very important lessons, but just in different ways from seeing things from different out books
0: i've been doing a lot of reading lately and so i i apologize to the listeners i can't remember um exactly where i'm getting all these quotes and um uh, exactly all the names of the books but i did read in one book uh where it it basically posed that exact question do you do you learn more from winning or losing um and it made me think of a lot because basically the premise was you you can lose and, and you can learn but you're learning what not to do as opposed to you can win and you're learning how to go on that successful path. So I think it it poses a good question. I think there is uh, a bit of merit in both arguments, Um, but I think that as a whole, athletes, people in general, can't be afraid to fail. And I think that's a lot of what holds people back is they don't want to set their goals too high because if they don't reach them, they're going to be seen as a failure. And um, even myself at times, i look earlier back in, in the beginning of my career and, you know, there was times where I was afraid to, you know, reach beyond what I saw right in front of me. And I think that is what held me back for a little bit. But now with with the mentality change that i've had i feel like i'm setting my goals at a higher level uh to like you said there's there's no ceilings there's no there's no limit to what you can achieve if you really believe in yourself, both on and off the field. So um, yeah, I would have to agree with a lot of what you said there. Um, so I know you've been doing a lot of reading. So I want you to give our listeners your top three books. If you had to talk to a young goalkeeper right now, a young athlete right now, what three books would you tell them to read, go and read, pick them up today, finish those books as soon as you can? Great question. Great question.
1: Huh. Hmm. I'm gonna write this Okay, number too. one. Okay, yeah, number one. This was the game, uh, the book that that really changed the game for me um, when I first started reading, and so uh, that book is uh, Relentless by Tim Grover, and so Tim Grover was Michael Jordan's trainer, and also like Kobe, Kobe Bryant, rest in peace, and Dwayne, um, Wade. Dwayne Wade, but um, so that book was the first one that I read when I first really started getting into reading and um, it, it really changed the game for me just to see how, um, like you had said about MJ, how he approaches the game and how he uh, every day takes it so seriously. It, 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 the words really can't do the book justice. It, it, it's a fantastic book. Um, second book, I would have to say 50th Law by Robert Green and 50 Cent. So, Robert Greene is um, a pretty famous author, and he actually paired up with 50 Cent to write a book about 50 Cent's life. It's all about just becoming fearless in life, and it's about 12 chapters, so 12 different principles that um, he talks about in life, and he does it through the, through the lens of 50 Cent's life, and honestly, that book is just incredible to see. Some of these principles that can just be applied in in any field, and so after reading it, I kind of saw it more from a uh, from a soccer view, and that's how I took it. But then, you know, someone like my dad read it, who's in a, a completely different industry, but he he gained a lot of the same benefits from it, even though we we do do completely different things, we're in two completely different worlds. Oh yeah. Third one. You're gonna have to let me think about that man. That's a tough one. I would say those, those two are, are definitely um my favorites. But
0: I really thought you were gonna to just to go ahead with uh Millionaire Fast Lane.
1: Oh my goodness, that is a fin- that's a phenomenal book as well. I don't know if that was that'd be top three if I would recommend to to young goalkeepers, but that's a phenomenal book too. Millionaire Fast Lane by MJ Marco. That's a great book to get your uh, entrepreneurial mind stirring. But,
0: yeah. Yeah, I read Relentless as well, and I agree. I thought that was a big game changer for me and one that really wanted me or really motivated me to continue reading and continue reading things like that that helped me with uh, my mentality when approaching training, when approaching games. Um, I think the mental part of the game is so huge, and that's what sets a lot of players apart um, at the elite level. And so if you can gain that perspective of proper training habits, proper ways of taking care of your body on and off the field, and, and being able to harness things like your, your nervous feelings I used to I used to let that uh, really take over me and, and affect my play and now I feel like I've been able to control being nervous because naturally before games you're always a little, a little nervous but if you you know how to mentally control that and and use that and harness it in a positive way uh, I think it can be really really effective and, and really help your performance and I think that's one of the huge takeaways I took from relentless um, do you consider yourself a cleaner? Absolutely. Okay. Good. I was, do I was you? hoping. I I do. I do actually. I, I looked at. I was looking at just at the the team dynamic that I have currently. Um, while reading that book, because I finished up that book uh, right before preseason started, uh, early or late January, um, and that really is what spurred me into preseason and, and spurred me into. The, the level that I brought every single day of training and realizing that in a team where there's a y- lot of young players, someone has to set that example. And I really made it my focus uh, for that to be me. And so I feel like uh, that really helped me to to set my level this year and to continue to set my level throughout this year. And I know, we, you know we've only had one game and now we're not even training with the team, but I feel like, even even in what you can consider now the off season, it's helped me to continue having that level even though i don't really have anything to aim for in the short term because you know we may not have a season we may not be able to play until 2021 but to continue to to grind and work and stay focused on what i need to stay focused on because i know long term i have certain goals that i need to uh, reach and the only way to do that is to be consistent from day one which is I mean you can consider it now or you can consider it when the season was canceled from then until you know I continue or get back into playing on a consistent basis
1: I would so, say that I am aspiring to be a cleaner I don't know if I'm exactly there yet but that is the identity I want to set for myself and and work to become so maybe I'm not there quite a hundred percent, but I definitely think that is as the goal.
0: For all our listeners, you'll have to read the book in order to understand exactly what a cleaner is. But uh, last thing I want to touch on: quarantine time. Obviously, we're in we're in uh, a crazy time uh, in our world, and you know things have changed drastically in the sports world. So, how do you stay focused in a time where there's so much uncertainty you know summertime you had plans for for different things training and whatnot and going into the fall you have plans obviously but a lot of that's up in the air now so how do you stay focused on your goals now
1: yeah absolutely so um i think a lot of people lose motivation during this time because there aren't a lot of those shorter term goals or there is all this uncertainty about shorter term goals whether that's a season or, or even like games on the weekend. We don't really have those. So it makes the the weeks a little less urgent to to be ready for something like a game on the weekend. But I think what I do is, as I lean a little more into my longer term vision of, you know, who knows when life will go back to normal, quote unquote normal. But um, I definitely think that we're, we're heading there and, when this is over, there's going to be no excuses about, you know, teams playing like, oh, that team lost because, you know, they weren't able to to train during the the quarantine time. So for me, it's all about just, you know, controlling what I can control as cliche as that sounds, but, you know, just really finding all the things in my environment that I can take advantage of and and maximize and, and just using that as much as I can, whether that's the equipment I have at my house, uh like balls or, or jump ropes or anything and just using everything I have to the to the max, but also going back to the, the point with the longer vision of, you know, this this will clear up at some point and we'll go back to normal. And I, I look to that longer vision to inspire me because I know that that is very possible and happening. And um, you know, so while those short term goals may maybe up in the air right now I know that those longer term goals aren't going to be affected knock on wood but um, yeah so I really lean on those to to help motivate and inspire me
0: I think that's great advice for the listeners and hopefully uh, they can use some of that for their for their own training as well and help them keep prepared for whatever goals they have set for themselves and then hopefully throughout this conversation they've learned a little bit about setting some goals for themselves and and the best ways to go about it and you know if they have any questions i'm sure they can reach out to you uh and that's a good segue give them give them uh the year their information on how they can reach you you know the twitter the instagram social media whatever it is how they can reach out to you um follow you or contact you and, and learn more from you
1: yeah absolutely so um my instagram is a pandenberg that's a p a n n e n b e r g uh my email if you have any questions want to reach out uh same thing a pandenberg email.com uh twitter it's andrew pandenberg but no g at the end so andrew pandenberg. Uh, so yeah, you same spelling, G? no G at the end. I, I don't know, man. It's just no no G. I don't know. But definitely hit me with a follow on both of those. Email me if you got any questions about anything. I'd love to hear what your goals are, what uh, what you're trying to accomplish. But um yeah, definitely follow me on Instagram as well. Some big things um, on that side. So stay tuned.
0: All right, PD. Well, I appreciate you taking the time today. Uh, you shared a lot of great insight with our our listeners, and I think you're definitely a young goalkeeper who has a very high ceiling and someone that a lot of these young goalkeepers can look up to and, and aspire to be your follow in your footsteps. So um, I, I can't wait to see, you know, how you continue to progress and and how the fall goals and, and moving on to the professional level. So with that said, uh, I think we're going to wrap it up now. I don't want to keep you too busy um so again thank you for coming on sharing all your insight your history and and we we greatly appreciate it and just hope that uh one day we can get you back on here
1: absolutely thank you for having me
0: all right man take care you too and that's another episode of the last line soccer podcast in the books once again we want to thank all of our listeners for tuning in we appreciate your support As always, if you have any feedback for us, positive or negative, head over to the Prime Focus Goalkeeping Facebook page to drop us a message. We also want to thank one of our sponsors, Roughneck Scarves, for all the work that they do. If you're in need of great custom scarves for teams or supporters groups, head over to roughneckscarves.com to see what they have to offer. As always, take care and stay tuned for the next Last Line Soccer Podcast episode.